Hello, fellow crypto enthusiasts. I'm Nico, and today is going to be a double thought load day. I really felt like I had to send out an update of what I was seeing in the crypto space and some of the implications that could come about because of some of the moves that have been happening. Now, recently, I've learned about a lot of new stuff, but over the past couple of months, I've also seen ebbs and flows in the market that, that I've expected as well. Some of the new things that have occurred is they're involving crypto exchanges. Because of the United States dragging their feet on crypto regulation for the past five years plus, companies are moving to other countries to offer crypto services because their regulations are a little bit more clear. Two of the exchanges that I found out about recently were backed by huge companies. One is the EDX crypto exchange, which is backed by Fidelity, Schwab, and Citadel. And the next is the M2 crypto exchange, which you may have seen Kevin O'Leary talk about. And even though I couldn't find the backers, it's supposedly backed by billions in capital and major institutional players. And that exchange is based out of Abu Dhabi. But when I was reading the terms and conditions, they they abide by regulations out of the Bahamas. So, no, I don't, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how all that stuff works, but that's just how it was set up. So the big thing that I want to point out with those exchanges and the things happening with those exchanges is this is what happens when the United States doesn't have clear regulations on crypto products. Whether you think that Bitcoin is a security or a commodity, whether you think that it should be taxed or not, it doesn't matter. The point is the United States has not made a clear definition of what to do with crypto assets. And so companies are not going to establish themselves in the U.S. if they don't have a clear understanding of how they need to report their financial transactions. Point blank. Think about these billion-dollar financial companies. If they have millions of transactions in a year, tens of millions of transactions, and each one of those is a taxable event, they don't know what to do with that. So instead of positioning their company or their exchange in the United States, they're going to go to another country that has a little bit more clarity around crypto. It's as simple as that. It's a simple business decision. And the other thought that I want to introduce to you here with these exchanges alone and everything else I'm talking about today is why do you think these major financial institutions are backing exchanges and ETFs? Why would they do that? Do you think it's because they want to lose money? I don't think so. And that gets me into the, the next part of this thought load here. It's that Right now, the SEC has a short window to approve the pending 12 Bitcoin ETF applications. 
Now, I highly doubt that that's going to happen because the deadline is the 17th of November, which is tomorrow by the time you hear this. And that's just, I don't see that happening. Now, it could, but doubt it. Now, the hard deadline for those ETF applications is the 10th of January. I'd be willing to bet that the SEC approves those ETF applications and about a month-ish after that is when they would officially go live. And the reason why I do think that those will get approved is because one of those Bitcoin ETFs was the Bitcoin ETF application was submitted by BlackRock. Now, BlackRock is the world's or one of the world's largest financial institutions. Based on a, a podcast I listened to recently with Patrick Bet David and Joe Rogan, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard own or have partial ownership in 88% of the S&P 500. That is insane. And what do you think comes with all of that ownership? Influence. So if a company like BlackRock is going to submit an application for an ETF, do you think the U.S. government is going to say no? The U.S. government is going to make money off of that. That's tax money. They, you mean to tell me the U.S. government does not want the largest financial institution in the world to give them tax money? You're drunk if you, th- if you think that. I'm sorry. That just doesn't make any sense. Now, here's the other interesting part about the BlackRock situation. Not only did they submit a Bitcoin ETF, they've also recently submitted an Ethereum ETF. Again, broad question, why would they do that? Why would the biggest financial company in the world submit ETF applications for crypto? Is it because it's a shady thing that they're going to make money on under the table? Probably not. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not a BlackRock employee. I don't know the thoughts of a major financial institution. But most financial institutions are alive today to make money. That is their primary goal. And so if they see an opportunity in the crypto space, they're going to do something about it, which is probably why they've submitted these ETFs. Now, the other interesting factor that's happening is the IRS crypto tax hearings. Now, I've been following this for a little while, and the ongoing discussion between the regulatory officials in the IRS and in government and people within the crypto industry is that the definition of the word broker in the legal framework of these tax documents is too broad because there's a lot of nuance when it comes to the crypto industry. You may have an exchange like M2 or like EDX that is a company that holds all of the assets has mechanisms within their company to trade those cryptos and so forth. And so their form of reporting is a little bit more straightforward. They already have all of the tools that they need to report that information. Everything's stored on a blockchain. It's kind of 
air quotes, in-house. Sure, they may use some third-party APIs, but for the most part, it's fairly easy for those companies to report. The weird part with the the conversations going on is that the word broker is also in company, encompassing DeFi or decentralized finance. Now, what those are, in quick summary, is decentralized finance is a DAO or decentralized autonomous organization that's basically run by a computer or a blockchain, and it uses APIs connected to other exchange services to do crypto transactions automatically. Now, reporting for DeFi would be a nightmare because they can't always get the information from other exchanges and other entities if the customer has not registered with that company. So in other words, if the DeFi is company A and the third-party company is company B, the customer would have to register with company B to, to actually be able to get their crypto transactions and submit that to the IRS. And the problem there is that now we're doing double reporting because that company B is going to automatically send their information and reports into the IRS, but then the customer themselves and the DeFi company is also going to have to do that. So that doubles the amount of paperwork and reporting information that the IRS gets. Now, from a the crypto standpoint, that doesn't make any sense. Lawrence Zlatkin, some apologies for the pronunciation there, but the Coinbase, Coinbase VP of tax stated that these types of regulations would impose an unprecedented, unchecked, and unlimited tracking on the daily lives of Americans. So that's the crypto industry is kind of pushing back on what the IRS is suggesting with crypto tax regulations. And again, like, we should have done this years ago, people. But because they've been dragging their feet, now they've got to figure this stuff out last minute, and I don't know what's going to happen with that. But I think part of this recording here is to let you know that it is happening. These crypto tax hearings happen November 7th and 8th. There's another one happening sometime today as I record this on the on the 15th and so they will eventually the IRS will get all of those comments and make some type of decision when it comes to these crypto tax regulations now again the interesting part about that is once the IRS and the United States in general has more clear or clearer guidelines on how crypto is supposed to be regulated and taxed in the United States now it's going to be easier for businesses to establish themselves in the United States and have the U.S. be a center for crypto. But until that point, companies are going to go abroad. Either way, the crypto industry is going to move forward, is going to get bigger, is going to see rises in prices. And if you don't believe me, again, go back to the BlackRock situation. You, do you think BlackRock is going to try and get involved in an industry that is going down? 
Do you think BlackRock is going to pay tax money and offer services and invest in these things that are going to depreciate in value? I, I don't think so. That goes against what financial institutions do. Their goal is to make money, not lose it. So a lot of things can happen. And I don't know the timing of all of this. But even with all of this exchange stuff happening, with the tax hearings, with the ETF approvals looming, prices of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies have surged in the last month. And the interesting part is that in the past two bull runs that Bitcoin has experienced in 2017 and 2020, all of those major bull runs happened in about 90 days. And so if this is the first 30 of those days, because it started kind of the beginning of October, what do you think the next 60 days are going to look like? And ironically enough, that 60-day mark is right around when the SEC has to approve the Bitcoin applications on January 10th. And oh, on top of all of that, the next Bitcoin halving is somewhere around April or May of 2024. All of these things, to me, not a financial professional, this is not financial advice, all of these things to me say that the market is moving upwards. And as I've said in the past, what do you think is going to happen when billions and billions, if not trillions of dollars flow into the crypto industry? As of right now, the entire crypto market is probably less than $10 billion. What, what happens when that doubles? What, what happens when the amount of money in all of crypto doubles or triples? What happens when it gets to $500 billion? I'll leave the answer up to you. Guys, do your own research when you're looking at crypto stuff. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions. And uh, get, get ready for an exciting roller coaster ride of crypto. I stay tuned next week for another thought load. Thanks for listening to this urgent emergency update here. Hopefully you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as always, begin the duel, win the day.